0: Please be seated. There's a Liberty Mutual TV commercial where the man standing in front of the Statue of Liberty grumbles. Your insurance company won't replace the full value of your total new car. The guy said, you picked the wrong plan. No, I picked the wrong company. If you've seen this commercial, you might be able to visualize God as he lamented Israel's rejection of his rule and his disappointment with the disobedience of King Saul, saying, no, I picked the wrong king. But of course, God does not make errors. He purposely picked the wrong king, but for the right reasons. The people of Israel needed to learn that their desire for a king was a result of their apostasy, and that if a king could succeed in leading them, his full obedience to God must be required. Last week's lesson from the first book of Samuel clearly points out to us that the people were not rejecting the prophet Samuel but they were rejecting our Lord, the one God of Israel. God instructed Samuel to give the people what they wanted and told Samuel to obey their voice, saying, You shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. Thus God told Samuel to anoint Saul as king over all the Israelites. Now, reading ahead to chapter 10, and before next week's uh, 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 lessons, Saul was proclaimed as king with this warning from Samuel. Thus says the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you have rejected your God, who saves you from all your calamities and all your distress. And you have said to him, set a king over us. However, for the next three years after Saul was anointed as king, he successfully ruled over the people of Israel, always following the will of God. But then King Saul was faced with a major battle against the Philistines. Where his troops had hidden themselves from a potential onslaught of thirty thousand Philistine chariots and I'm sorry, Philist- Philistine chariots and six thousand horsemen and troops. It was Saul's insecurity and failure to fully trust God that got in his way, and instead of waiting seven days for the prophet Samuel to arrive and sacrifice to the Lord before battle. Saul took it upon himself on the seventh day to make that burnt offerings for war and peace. While this may not seem a very serious error on Saul's part, it illustrates his lack of patience and his attitude of independence from God. Through this burnt offering, Saul attempted to control the situation himself and manipulate God into granting Saul's desire for victory. In disobeying Samuel's instructions to wait for him at Gilgal, Saul exercised his authority not as king, but as a self-appointed prophet, not the prophet appointed by God. Remember, according to Jewish tradition, Saul was not a priest or a Levite and could not legally offer burnt offerings or peace offerings. Samuel was the prophet and the person through whom the word of the Lord was spoken. Thus Saul's disobedience was direct and willful. Although they were victorious against the Philistines that day, Saul disobeyed God once more after Samuel told him that God wanted Israel to destroy the city of Amalek and everything that was in it. Instead, however, Saul let their king live And took the best of their sheep, oxen, lambs, and cattle, as the spoils of war, in defiance of God's orders. Upon discovering Saul's disobedience, Samuel, for the last time, admonished admonished him, saying, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams, for rebellion as is as a sin of divination, and presumption is as in iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Samuel then left, and after ordering Saul um, to present the king of Amalek, he hacked the king to death with his sword. This brings us to the Old Testament lesson for today and the anointing of David as Israel's new king. While scripture describes God as regretting the anointing of Saul as the first king of Israel, I am sure that regret was foreseen when the Israelites asked Samuel for their new king. Saul's eventual disobedience would be a lesson for all. The king had a sacred obligation to obey God. Otherwise, he was out. Saul had been impatient and relied not on the decisions of God, but on his own merits by trying to exert control over which only God and his appointed prophets had authority. When he felt that he could do as he chose, Saul was making a foolish and eventually, for him, a fatal mistake. This lesson of Saul's rejection strongly suggests that God desires and requires our obedience. When we do not obey God, we become separated from him, just as Saul did. Patience is something that we need to fully appreciate and anticipate in our following the word of God. It is easy to want something that God does not want us to have. We are daily subjected to the temptations of this world, including money, power, and other sense of desire. In other words, the same inclinations that Saul encountered and gave into. But we are also covered by the cross of Christ. As the epistle tells us, we are as Christians are God's new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Scripture instructs and places our consciences, in our consciences, the fear of the Lord so that we will remember his commandments and will persuade others to seek his kingdom. We also know that it is what what is in our hearts that is more important than valuing outward appearances. In this way, we are controlled by the love of Christ. And today's Psalm tells us to seek the Lord for our answers in time of trouble. Saul failed to do that and was replaced as king. If we put our trust in God, We will always stand upright. Finally, Jesus' parables about the kingdom of God tell us first that we are planted here through the act of the Creator. We grow and mature in his grace if we so choose. And then heaven becomes our reward at the time of God's harvest, at the time after our death. It tells us, secondly, that as we try to understand or visualize the kingdom of God, like the maturing mustard seed, It is more than we could ever imagine. In fact, as we grow through learning and understanding God's word and his commandments, we will never fully comprehend the results that we can achieve by our obedience to him and through the free gift of his grace by which we are protected. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.